0: Making sure your life as a leader is aligned and that the things you're doing in public, the people around you who are closest to you would see in private and it all aligns so that you're not creating like this dual Mm -hmm. personality that um, forces you to almost start keeping secrets, which we know for the believers, something that can, you know, the enemy can use that in all kinds of ways to sort of root us in some things that don't lead to good things.
1: Well, hey, everyone. Welcome to Framework Leadership, a podcast about principles and ideas you can use today to take your leadership to the next level. I'm your host, Ken Engel, president of Southeastern University. I'm your host, Michael Steiner, vice president for innovation. And it is a great privilege to introduce our guest for today's show, Gabriel Lyons. Gabe is the author of the next Christians. The good news about the end of Christian America and founder of Think was Q, but now Think and a learning community that mobilizes Christians to advance the common good of our society. And he's also the host of the Rhythms for Life podcast. Gabe, his wife, Rebecca, and their four children live in Franklin, Tennessee. Man, it is a great privilege to have you on on the
0: podcast today. It's great to be with you guys. Thanks for all that you do to help so many people better understand leadership and the next generation.
1: Thank you. It's a privilege. I want to start our conversation out by talking about your your book, uh, "The Next Christians: uh, The Good News About the End of Christian America." Tell us about the motivation behind writing this book and the concept of Christian America.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, to to give you the history, David Kenneman and I wrote a book called "UnChristian" together in mm-hmm. two thousand seven, right. where yep. we really laid out a lot of ideas about how the world and especially the next generation viewed Christians pretty negatively. Right. And so to follow that up, The Next Christians became the project to lay out, well, what ought we to do? You know, How should we think about being Christian and what's gone wrong and, and what can we learn from mm-hmm. this assessment? We know that what the world thinks of Christians shouldn't determine right. everything about how Christians live because they're not always gonna love the way we might see the world, Right. but we can learn some things. So The Next Christians was really trying to lay out vision for a new generation about how to remain faithful to the gospel, committed mm-hmm. to scripture and biblical orthodoxy, and yet operate in a world that sees you as someone that might be a little bit ir- irrelevant and extreme. Mm-hmm. And so we lay out a lot of principles how to be provoked by things you encounter in the world, not just offended, you know, and referencing Paul and the ways mm-hmm. in which he would have walked through Athens and in different environments where he was provoked to engage right, right. that culture, not just offended and ran away. Mm-hmm. Um, and and to be people who understand what their calling is, like that our work in the world's about living out a calling within every area mm-hmm. of industry. It doesn't just have to be full-time ministry. Um, and we're not the kind of people that just look for jobs just to have a job and make money. We're, we're mm-hmm. actually on a mission make in the a, world. So so really that project was about laying out yeah. a mission uh, for a new generation to really mm-hmm. embrace with confidence that the way we view the world leads human beings to flourish. It's nothing to be scared of, sure. uh, right. lack confidence in. Let's, let's move forward and... Yeah. Tell the truth. Yeah, it's a, it's a
2: great time for this to come out. I feel like we're in this unique situation in society, where especially in American society, where I, I, we've politically, we have tried. We've gone down the path of giving both parties full control, right? So yeah. we, we've tried the experiment. What would happen if you know we gave into the extremes and everybody just had their opportunity to shot, and it didn't? It didn't work. Not it didn't satisfy what we were trying to do. And I feel like so many people are questioning. Okay. What does it mean to not have to be so extreme? So, yeah. what? How do we live in that? Tell us some of the principles you, you're talking yeah. about. Yeah,
0: well, about I think it starts with asking the right questions, like what, where have we gone wrong? You know, mm-hmm. I mean, almost a SWOT analysis right. of like yeah. what does it mean to be a Christian? And and when we ask these types of questions of like what's wrong in the world, which can be a place a lot of Christians can just camp out. We condemn mm-hmm. it, we critique it, we tell it, the world what's wrong, but we're not doing a lot about it. So, so we try to turn the conversation to what is right. And, mm-hmm. and how do we as Christians start to help people who are seeing what wisdom might look like in the world and not always understanding this is God's view, like right. the things that are helping your life flourish likely have a roots and a history that go much deeper than you've ever been taught. And so part of the role of the church is to help the next generation start to grapple with some of those right. deeper ideas. And we're seeing that happen, I mean, in society, Jordan Peterson, for example. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> People who are going deeper, people are watching these three-hour lectures, right? right. They're, they're interested in knowing what's true, like mm-hmm. what are the foundations? And so I think a lot of the work we get to do in this moment is get back to some of these foundations because mm-hmm. it orients people. It's in true. a world of chaos, confusion, it helps them go deeper. Yeah. And, and to follow up next Christians, David Kenman and I did another project called Good Faith, and mm-hmm. that's where we really start to work out these ideas into right. how do we remain convicted Christians but operate in a pluralistic society sure. that's not going to necessarily believe that God's God, and mm-hmm. are going to have very different views. And how do we navigate those tensions where people think we're actually extreme for the things that we believe? Right. Um, and you know, and, and part of doing that is to first give those foundations, yeah. give people confidence, but then help them to know how to engage with people mm-hmm. who these are complex, nuanced conversations, mm-hmm. and the ability to listen, to hear, to not just be in a position to persuade and argue. Really helps develop trust and relationship in a world where trust is completely gone for most yeah. institutions.
2: Can you walk us through a little bit about what these foundations are? I think that's yeah. super important for our audience to hear. Like, where, what is that starting baseline? Where yeah. We begin?
0: So theology. So even yeah. even our organization, think mm-hmm. T H I N Q. The T's for theology. It's mm-hmm. the foundations, which for us means a historic biblical foundation to what does it mean to think about Mm. all of these issues? It could be sexuality, it could be gender, it could be politics, it could be technology, artificial intelligence. Like, Let's go back to the roots of how did God design a human being? Where's that identity found? And how do we then out of that foundation start to operate forward? The H stands for history or philosophy or ideas, Mm. right? At an educational institution, Mm -hmm. we wanna help young people better understand the history of ideas, how they've shaped current thinking. Mm You know, Chuck Colson was a mentor of mine late in his life, and I remember us having conversations about current issues. And at the time, this was back in the late, you know, probably two thousand seven. We were we were dialoguing about issues, whether it was racism or Mm -hmm. just war theory or sexuality and gay marriage. I mean, those were conversations we were having, and to me, they all felt like new issues. And I'm like, I don't know that the church has grappled with it. And he's like, Gabe, you need to read some old books. Like the church has (laughs) grappled with these things for two thousand years. Right. Yeah. And the church fathers have wrestled through it and there's a lot to glean from mm-hmm. it. And so I think understanding that history helps orient us a little better to the moment when it does feel confused and chaotic. Um, the I stands for inquiry. Mm-hmm. So what does it mean to ask good questions, uh, good questions. to learn, right. to be curious, to seek more information, to be humble about that, to not think we know it all? The end's for nuance which is this is how we engage complex conversations. We listen, we learn, there's a back and forth. Mm -hmm. And then finally, the cue is questions. All of that helps orient us to better questions. Mm -hmm. What are the questions we should be asking about this issue? Are we even asking the right questions? So many times we're distracted by the current headline Mm -hmm. that we're not actually thinking deeply about what should this conversation be about that would lead a Mm -hmm. human being to really know God and to flourish. Yeah.
1: And and speaking of engagement, how how can... um, Let's talk about social media. How can can we utilize social media in a strong appreciative approach, uh, talking about the good things and the elements that these foundations, uh, uh, you know, speak to our, our lives about how to live life. Uh, can, how how can ministry leaders use social media in a way that yeah. that
0: promotes these? Well, you know, social media is a great example. The medium itself has some biases, right, towards like fast, quick, not really getting to know somebody, opinions. Um, And I think of things like Twitter and other places where the bias of the technology drives us to give quick answers, not always that well thought through. through. So I think for leaders to just recognize that's built into this, you're gonna have to temper yourself and have Mm -hmm. some discipline. Like if you wanna respond to a current issue and give some insight, make sure you've gone through this thinking of theology, history, inquiry. Draw some conclusions, but help people that are following and listening to you understand what they're really, what the big ideas that we're talking about are trying to address. Um, A lot of that just comes down to a lot of personal discipline. Mm -hmm. I I think one of uh, our friends, Annie Downs, who has a podcast, and and that sounds fun. She's a wonderful Mm -hmm. friend. She's given a talk that we've hosted um, on Think Media to the next generation, talking about making sure when you're on social media, like you don't have a secret life. That like there's this technology can almost allow you to put forward something that doesn't always match the friends you're hanging out sure. with. They're like, That's not you. I don't yeah. I don't see you talk like that when we're together. You're very right. bold right. online, right. but right. we don't have those conversations. So making sure your life as a leader is aligned and that the things you're doing in public, the people around mm-hmm. you who are closest to you would mm-hmm. see in private right. and it all aligns so that you're not creating like this dual mm-hmm. yeah. personality that um Forces you to almost start sure. keeping secrets, right. which we know for the believers, something that can you know the enemy can use that mm-hmm. in all kinds of ways to sort yeah. of root us in some things that don't lead to good things.
2: That reminds me of a TikTok I was just watching last night of a, a Congress a congressman out of out of um, North Carolina. I think he's Representative Jackson. I don't remember his first name, but he was talking about how um, this thing of the outrage Olympics, and so there's a group of, and he said on both sides of of senators and Congresspeople that have gotten elected. Because they're trying to win the outrage Olympics, they are the champions of their thing, and they're doing it specifically so that they don't have to work with anybody. Yeah. Because they'll they'll win just by on that side of it. Um, can you talk a little bit about? I, I feel like this is a trend that's also happening a little bit in the church, right? We're seeing some leaders that are more active. Their their engagement and their engagement isn't the the. The pattern you just laid out, it's that trying to participate in the outrage Olympics. Yeah. What is that trend? What does that mean for us going forward? How do we keep our eyes out for that kind of thing?
0: Yeah, it's a good it's a good way to describe it, the yeah. outrage Olympics. I mean, you can gain audience by right. just being angry, outrageous, right? Calling people out all the time, mm-hmm. kind of playing that that role. And it I think that gains short term, maybe followers, people pay attention for a moment. Feels like that fifteen seconds of fame though. Doesn't right, feel right. like a long yeah. game. Right. Yeah. Doesn't feel like wisdom. Um, And and I think what we're trying to help leaders that um, we're able to interact with Mm -hmm. to really understand a long game and Mm -hmm. what does this look like to be faithful over a long Mm -hmm. period of time and not to just get caught up in these quick moments of, of debate. It's not that we should be silent. I mean, obviously, as Christians, as leaders, I think we do need to confront some topics and issues. But I think we got we got to be very careful mm-hmm. that social media is not the space where we're doing that. I know in my own life, what that's meant is a lot of behind the scenes conversations with leaders where you, you hear something said or someone tells you somebody said something or you even see it for yourself. It's taken the time to go directly to that mm-hmm. person or to create a moment to try to listen, to try to better understand. Again, to mm-hmm. be inquisitive, to understand nuance, to mm-hmm. just try to understand what they're saying. Because in our world where people aren't paying attention that long... You quickly get, you know, labeled right. as as you said this, and you're like, no, that's actually not what I said. You're just trying to use what I said to advance something you already are biased right. towards, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I think I think for leaders, it takes more humility, it takes patience, it takes wisdom, mm-hmm. all things that in this current environment aren't necessarily celebrated or rewarded right. Right. in the short term. Right. So you need community around you to help you mm-hmm. do that. You can't do that alone.
1: Yeah, and speaking of uh, conversations with leaders. Uh, You've had some great mentoring leaders in your life. We had a chance before we started this podcast to talk about your early career working with John Maxwell. And uh, how, how did that experience – I mean, he's, he's an amazing leader. We've had him on campus a, uh, a few times. And how did that experience inform how it uh, – stirred within you this idea of starting Q and now think yeah, um, and where it's yeah. going from there.
0: Well, John was an incredible leader. I mean, I couldn't imagine a better environment, 22 years old, getting out of college, getting to travel the country mm-hmm. with him as he would speak both to pastors and business leaders. And his national ministry was just beginning in 1997 at that time. Mm-hmm. And it was um, one of those things where you truly... I was close to him and and able to watch a leader and how he operates. And so it deeply shaped my life, my leadership, Mm -hmm. my perspective. I remember going through every one of his lessons on leadership. Mm -hmm. So he had... Right. We had cassette tapes at the time. You don't know what that is, but they're these little rectangles. I
2: found those in a box at my parents' house the other day.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, all the lessons and notes and outlines. So for me, the first five years of my kind of moving into career and adulthood meant just soaking in great right. leadership mm-hmm. lessons. And so I got to lead in that organization. I became vice president at, at that time mm-hmm. and got to lead a big team. And so I got to practice it. And then John really gave us lots of freedom to create. So wow. I got to be a part of helping create Catalyst, which yeah. was a young leader event um, right. and that we yeah. began back in the year 2000. And so all of that exposed me to my mm-hmm. own gifts, my right. own talents, things that came natural and unique to me those mm-hmm. first few years. And then God put this burden on my heart for Christians to not only understand leadership, but understand the culture and understand the times Mm -hmm. and to know how to apply leadership to our cultural moment. And that's what God used to start to bring together us creating Q Ideas 20 years ago, Now Think, so that we could create space where leaders um, could think forward about where the world was going and and understand how our faith was gonna apply to some of the more difficult conversations that that I would say now, as you guys would know as leaders, it's... Those conversations 20 years ago were kind of, if you're interested, you had them, right. and today they're absolutely the highest demand of yeah. conversations, a church leader, a pastor, a Christian in our world's trying to have, how do yeah. I navigate these difficult conversations and issues? Hearing
2: your story, something I'm curious about, I'd love to get your opinion on is because it's it sounds like a lot of the faithfulness of that time, right, working with John, working through all that kind of stuff is what set you up to be able to do what you're doing now. And there's this trend, especially when you see on social media, which again, is Outrage Olympics, but it's this idea, especially with people's careers, that you need to hop. Like if you're not hopping, if you're not... I've literally seen creators be like, if you're not changing careers every two years, you're missing out on this much money, you're missing out on this much opportunity. Um, And I feel like that puts so much pressure on people to just always be trying to game the system instead of putting down roots. I'd love to hear your opinion on that trend, what you're seeing on that kind of thing and what kind of advice there.
0: I love talking about that because I think this is back to wisdom. It's like, there's some things that don't change. Like when you commit yourself to being apprenticed, to Mm. learning under a master or somebody who's actually skilled at what they do and they're teaching you and you commit to working the long hours, working hard, mm-hmm. showing up on time, yeah, doing the hard things that aren't gonna be visible by anybody, but start to develop you and your character, the things that no one's watching, but you're doing it because you're actually doing it unto God. You're not doing mm-hmm. it unto the boss or to, to right. make the next hop. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've seen the opposite. I've seen what you're describing. I've okay. seen younger people that are just so interested in, in the next thing or career advancement that you follow the path though, and you go many, many years down, right. five to 10 years, and they're still doing that yeah. and they've never been able to truly establish or give God enough time to mm-hmm. when it got hard in that work yeah, environment yeah. like work through the character integrity of what's brought out of you when you're put into some of those circumstances and you have right. to process through conflict or disagreement mm-hmm. about values or vision i think you know that's what the next gen is missing when they don't have these roots mm-hmm. and and i mean listen there's something to be said about pursue your dreams your passion mm-hmm. you know th- those are nice conversations to, to be able to have. But the fruit many times we mm-hmm. see happens when somebody actually buckles down right. and says, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stay in this for five years. I mean, I did five right. years, right, with John Maxwell. So so that's still not a whole life career, but it was long enough to know who I was, mm-hmm. to know what I was good at, what I wasn't good at, right. to not think I was gonna be good at everything. Right, right, yeah, And for God to show up and give me more clear vision about mm-hmm. how he wanted to use my skills in in his kingdom work.
2: Yeah. And it feels like so many students, they give up or people, when they follow that job hopping, they give out the opportunity to compound what they're doing, yeah, right? Because every right. time you switch that job, you're restarting. You're yeah. starting from fresh, like no matter how much experience. And actually, if especially if you're doing it every 18, 24 months, yeah. you're not bring, you're not building yeah. any experience. You're right. just building yeah. pieces of paper. So like really. in college, I mean, I did, yeah.
0: I learned sales. I was selling water filtration systems yeah. during college. Like on on the evenings, I'd drive two hours, show up in someone's home, demonstrate for them this water wow, filtration then. system and if I got a sale I made a little bit of money if I didn't I made nothing and I drove right. back wow. to campus right with my gas money well it was then in the, the years with John I started as a telemarketer like mm, I didn't wow. start like as John's number one guy I started on the phone calling every pastor in the country wow. trying to get them to show up at a John Maxwell leadership conference and so I was on the phone on zip codes dialing every wow. denominational leader having conversations helping Used Mm. the sales gift I had learned to to use for something that I knew was going to actually advance the kingdom, not just water filtration, right? And so Mm. then God used all that to then put me in a position to now I lead a conference that's global, right? Right. So I'm still doing events, which is what I started my career doing. I still talk to pastors, maybe in a different position than telemarketing. But we're able you can just see how that track record God right. used to just keep and and it was the next decade old. I don't know, yeah. but you can see how God uses those early years, mm-hmm. just staying faithful to the hard work that's no fun to yeah. build, yeah, Yeah, yeah. No, that's good um through through your
1: organization, uh your team helps to equip you know leaders to renew how they interact with culture yeah. um how How is the organization restoring Christian credibility,
0: yeah. So, I mean, that's a hard one to measure, right? It's like, you look at the last 20 years and you can see in the data that most people are declining in their view of Christian mm-hmm, credibility. Right. Mm-hmm. How we view that is kind of first and second thing, something CS Lewis wrote a great essay about. He's like, if you get the first things right the second things take care of themselves. Yes. But if you mm-hmm. flip it... Yeah. So we don't focus on the second thing as a primary point in our mission, like let's try mm. to make Christianity cool and yeah. credible. Yeah. We focus on Christian leaders becoming the kind of people that are living out their faith yeah. in the yeah. industry, in the place they already have influence and able to talk about and share their faith confidently, knowing that over time that starts to shape the people they right. think. So that, that's why the the mm. word think is our organization name now. We're trying to train up thought leaders. meaning. Mm. Any leader who can influence the thought of those they work with, it's parents with teenagers Mm -hmm. in their home, it's a teacher in a classroom, a professor at a college. We create content that launches conversations around some of these difficult, complex issues where they get to just facilitate a great conversation. Mm -hmm. They don't have to be the expert in it. They can on social media, on their platforms, create conversations. and, And it's through that mechanism and that model that we believe not only Christians are gaining credibility, because they're willing to address some of the difficult topics with humility, mm-hmm. with kindness, with yeah. compassion, but also with with wisdom, um, but also churches. So we, we know the next gen with our work, um, 50% of, of our focus is on age 30 and under becoming these thought leaders with yeah. their generation, because we know their generation will listen to them. Mm-hmm. They're not gonna listen to me, but they'll listen to a 25-year-old on YouTube, right. talk about how their faith's informing the way they're thinking about a certain issue yeah, or topic. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and so we're trying to train them yeah. to leverage what influence they've been given mm-hmm. to bring glory to God through leading yeah, these conversations.
2: Yeah. And as you're looking forward with with Think and you're prepping and you're trying to build these thought leaders, what is the what are one of the two main topic areas that we really need to be... That you're honing in on, that you're like, hey, this yeah. is what's gonna matter next in the next couple of years?
0: So highest level, mm-hmm. what does it mean to be human? Yeah. This is the question yeah. for the decade, mm, because yeah. with AI, right. with technology, right. with everything starting to fuse together, there's lots of confusion around that, bioethics. Mm-hmm. Right. So I know that's kind of high level, but right. every church leader needs to be thinking deeply right. about how do I help my people really understand what's uniquely human about us? Mm-hmm. Um, but how I'd break that down into like current issues, yeah. the gender sure. identity question mm-hmm. is the, the big one. I mean, every every data point we have from our platform Mm -hmm. is this is what everybody's searching for. Parents trying to figure out how to have good conversations with their kids that lead them to truth, but also lead them to understand how to navigate this with their friends and have real conversations of substance, um, but also remain convicted on their view, sexuality, Mm -hmm. and then technology. So how does technology, social media, Mm -hmm. phone... How should I, as a Christian, think about this? Um, yeah. Those those three yeah. kind of dominate things, right? Um, and then there's hundreds of other ones that we right. deal Sometimes. with mm-hmm. that are yeah. important in all these different unique industries. But I'd say those are the three. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. And so when oh, you're thinking about, I love this question: What does it mean to be human? Because even like the discussion we we're having about social media, right? That's fundamentally changing how we're thinking about knowing things. When when I can watch a 30 second clip and feel like I know something, how are we teaching Christians in this next generation to think in that sense? What are the, yeah. some of the answers? So like with
0: technology at? presence, um, it's it's how do I literally put the phone in a different space? Yeah. So like we promote new technology like ARO, A-R-O, it's called the Aero mm-hmm. Box. It's yeah. Every family should have one of these to put okay. the phones in when they come home, put them away so they have dinner. It kind of has an app on it that tracks how much time you've put your phone away wow. so that you're having time to be in person. Love it. Um, I'm using something called the Light Phone. L-I-T-E, it's a phone that doesn't have apps on it, so it's not a smartphone, allows me to have navigation and texting, but I can't access it. So I have to show up at a laptop Mm. in a location where I've pre-positioned the laptop or my iPad or phone to access apps. And so that forces me when I'm walking around my home now Mm. to be present with my kids versus tempted to look down and catch up on the latest text I got. So there's a lot of these disciplines are helping us reorient Mm. what... 15 years ago is normal. I mean, when, when my kids watch college videos, which we were showing them the other day, right. my wife and I are 25th anniversary and we were looking back at all these old videos, because we had like, I guess, a video camera mm-hmm. and we were showing like our friends hanging out. This is 1995. My kids are watching them, my two teenagers, and they're sad watching it because they see how much fun we're having. right? And they're like, I've never had this How's much fun with sure. my friends. Yeah. and And the right. only difference was there was no phones. There was mm-hmm. no technology to sort of disrupt creativity. Yeah. Our son went back to school and sent us a picture like the week a week later of their commons room and right. a circle of friends, everybody looking at their phone, wow. and he's like, this is what life's like now. Right. And I think those are the questions like, what does it mean to be human? Mm-hmm. Of course, everybody wants their phone, nobody wants to give up their phone. Help them do that. Like our church is going through that. We're doing a technology fast for 40 days coming up in the next few weeks. And so you can't do this stuff alone. But if Mm. you got a little community of people that are like, let's try this, okay? I'm not gonna demand you be as productive as you've been and get back to me quickly. I know that's hard in the workplace, but I'm gonna play ball with you because I know this is better for you. Mental health's the other one I didn't mention. That's become obviously a huge topic for the next gen is mental health and and what are the ways we deal with that other than just medicating? Mm -hmm. And Rebecca and I, my wife, she's written a lot of books on this topic in our Rhythms for Life podcast. We really try to help people walk through the rhythms you can have in your life to rest, restore, connect, and create. And these four rhythms, I believe, are God-given rhythms to Mm -hmm. help a human flourish. And when we're practicing them, it starts to push away some of the anxiety that we feel um, because we actually are incorporating daily some rhythms God's given us, Keep the fear at bay yeah. and help us be more in alignment with who He's designed us to be.
2: Yeah. Can you give us those four rhythms again? Yeah. Rest, rest,
0: restore, connect, and create. So rest is more about like with God, your time. It might be journaling. It's, right. it's you and God. Restore is about physical. It's like, what are you eating? Are you working out? Yeah. Are, you, are you incorporating those? So those are like two input rhythms mm-hmm. that... Help you become the kind of person that can go out and connect and create. But connects mm. about relationships, yeah. The yeah. community. Creates about your vocation. Mm. It's working with your hands. It's planting a garden. It's right. it's it's doing the kinds of things right. as yeah. human beings yeah. have done right for thousands of years. years yeah. right. And we just haven't done them lately. Yeah. Wow.
1: It's huge. So good. Love so it. good. Well, we're going to move into our fire round and just ask a few quick questions about everything we've kind of discussed uh, on the podcast, just to grab a few applicable pieces of advice for our experience or so. We'll, uh, I think we'll just do three. So Michael, you fire away.
2: Love it. Love it. What's the most important thing that new graduates need to be doing, thinking about right now to navigate the current society well?
0: I think who they're going to do life with, who are my friends. My friends are going to determine so much about my perspective, my attitude, my vision. Mm -hmm. They're going to lead me towards uh, paths that that help me flourish and who God's made me to be. They also can lead me to have a lot of fear, concern, mm-hmm. um, take me down roads that maybe aren't best for me. And so choosing that friendship group as you graduate from college, right who am I going to stay in touch with? Who am I going to go spend my time with when I'm moving to a new city? What church mm-hmm. am I going to connect into? What's the community life that I'm going to have? That's going to probably determine so much more about impact in the coming yeah. years than, than many other things. Yeah.
1: What is the number one way that uh, followers of Christ can combat... Um, disagreement in situations uh, where their faith is always being challenged. Yeah.
0: So listening. I mean, lots of times we are so interested in defending our faith and trying to tell people what we think and why they should think the way we think that we don't take the time to listen to what are they really asking here? What is the disagreement? Where did that come from? I'm I'm curious about you and who you are and how you form that perspective. If we could just hold back a little bit and truly be genuinely interested in that person, we would find ourselves having better conversations that probably lead to a lot more common ground than we do when we just immediately get defensive and try to convince and persuade that our way is the right way.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, so Love good. it. Love it. So last last question, and given that, that you know Think is a platform for new thought leaders, who are the new thought leaders? Who are some of the people that you'd recommend? Hey, if you're not following them or watching them on our YouTube, who, who do we need to be checking into?
0: Yeah. Well, man, there's so many. Um, I, it depends on the topic, but right. people like Aaron Cariotti in bioethics is mm. somebody to pay attention to on is what does it mean to be human, and where's the future of, of the world going? Yeah. Um, Grant Skeldon, he's part of our mm-hmm. team, Next Gen, um, helping lead a lot of these young, influential Christians in all these different industries to be on the same page about how we're thinking and operating mm-hmm. in the world as it relates to expressing our faith. And so there's a whole community of people around our Think Next Gen mm-hmm. events. Um, and and I would say, look at who Grant Skeldon's following. Follow a bunch of those people. Cool. Um, Love it. There's Annie Downs, is obviously mm-hmm. yep. a great one. Um, to follow. There, there's so many, it's hard on the spot for right. me to get it all right. right but man, right. There's, a, there's a lot of good people out there that are, I believe, um, doing what they do best with total excellence, but they're presenting a, a great picture, a great witness, a great testimony of the Christian faith. Daniel McLeod's another one, yep. by the way. Yeah, yeah, And yeah, yeah Fireplace mm-hmm. and a lot of the things happening in Nashville, yep. I would say with the next gen has been really motivating for a lot of people. Oh, that's great. Well, Gabe, I want to thank you for joining us on the Framework Leadership
1: Podcast today. Privileged to have you with us. So grateful for your voice. Um, grateful for what you're doing with Think. The conversations that you're stirring and creating and and just the way you live life, it's contagious and it makes a huge impact. So thank you for, for what you're doing. If you want to stay up to date with Gabe, uh, you can follow him on Instagram at Gabe Lyons, any other area you want us to point to that they get resourcing?
0: Thinkmedia.com. They'd have access to so many of these topics and conversations Mm -hmm. we've been talking about. They could hear from these thought leaders themselves as well as share that and create their own conversations around it. Thinkmedia.com.
1: Great. All right. Thanks everybody for joining us on the Framework Podcast today. Have a great week.
2: Thank you so much for joining us today on Framework Leadership. If you're watching on YouTube right now, now would be a great time to hit that like button, hit that subscribe button so you can get more leadership content right into your YouTube feed. You can also check us out on Instagram at Kent underscore Engel, at Dr. Michael Steiner or on Twitter and YouTube at Kent Engel. And hey, if you love great, email newsletters. And I know that I do. You want to check out the framework leadership newsletter every single Friday drops in great tips to be a better leader, resources, thoughts right into your inbox. Check it out. You can sign up at KentIngle.com. Make sure you hop to there. Thank you so much for listening to framework leadership. Take care, everybody.